Okay, so I just pulled up the website for the first time, and I'm actually pulling it up via mobile, which is actually really important for people to keep in mind because if people find you based on your podcast, they're likely listening to you on their phone. And if they want to learn more from you, they're likely going to look at your website via their phone. So it's even more important that when I pull up someone's website, I need to know immediately. I need to know immediately in this in the most simple explanation, straight on my phone, on the homepage, what do you do? the who, what, where, when, why, and how, but more importantly, speaking even the vision of what you're doing and keeping things simple. I'm pulling up this website, and the first thing I notice is that the website ends with the word, while most websites end with a .com, this one ends with a .blog. So immediately, my immediate assumption is that this is intended to be a blog, and that's fine if that's the intention. If it is not the intention, then my tip for this person that shared their website with me is to consider getting a .com website. And in general, the reason why a .com website is most ideal is because most people recognize a .com. For whatever reason, there's just like more credibility to a .com website. And so, so again, I don't have the stats on this. I'm just telling you from personal experience that there is more, there's more weight and credibility to having a .com website. And then the second thing is that because it's a .blog website, I do not know that this is a podcast. Like I don't, I can't tell off the bat. I'm assuming it's a blog. I'm assuming that there's no podcast. It's not even in the forefront because it's a .blog. And so, so that's another tip as well, is that the good thing with a .com website is there's more flexibility to what you could become because you're .com. There's more variety. Like people are open to whatever your website could be about. If it's .blog and, and then you're offering a podcast, it's a little bit confusing because people are thinking like, okay, are you a blog or are you a podcast or you're both? But if you do .com, people wouldn't question either. In fact, they'd be totally fine with you being both because most websites or a lot of websites um, will typically have a blog section and and then also and sometimes the podcast is integrated in that uh, blog section or it has a tab on its own on the website Uh, a tab meaning like in in the main menu all right so i'm already starting to scroll down the website and the second tip i would give is even if your website is a blog you want to not necessarily make the blog the homepage of a website. You want to have a homepage completely separate from the blog. And so the reason why is if you're blogging, people can see the last time that you posted something. And I'm looking at this website and the first blog entry I see was posted in 2020. And immediately another assumption that I'm going to make is, oh, this website is not active anymore because the last time this person posted was nearly over three years ago. And so the tip for that is to have a homepage that looks timeless, that gives you a, that shares in a timeless way, like who you are, what you do, the who, what, where, when, why, and how. That is evergreen, that's timeless, that is not dated. And so that is the second tip, is that even if you are going to be a blog, to make sure that you have that as a separate tab and that the homepage is more so Think of it as like your business card or like a flyer that you give out to people to know you at first glance. That's really what you want the homepage to be. So this 
first page is telling me that this website or this blog in particular hasn't been updated since 2020. And so my quick assumption is, okay, it's outdated. Therefore, there's nothing relevant or timely to look at on this page. All right, the next thing is that I don't see an immediate call to action. I'm looking at these blog entries. Yeah, I'm looking at these blog entries and it's nice for people to tell their stories. It's nice to share your stories, but the, the, the most effective stories have some kind of call to action or some kind of lesson or reinforces your main call to action. If you're doing blogging for a hobby, then I don't think you have to necessarily worry about call to actions. If it's a hobby, if it's like an outlet for you, if it's like more of a personal blog, then call to actions aren't as important. But just looking at this first page, it, to me, I feel like I'm almost intruding in someone's personal life because I don't see any call to actions. It just looks like someone is sharing very personal things and I happen to stumble into their personal blog and I almost feel like I'm intruding into someone's uh, personal space. So if you don't want to do that, again, it's important to know what your call to action is. Let's say, for example, the call to action is maybe the blog is intended to have people subscribe to the podcast. So the blog would say something like, hey, here are the highlights from this conversation. If you want to hear the full interview, here is the link. Listen to it right now. So that is an example of a call to action is, yes, it's great to, to share this for the sake of sharing it, but the most effective stories inspire you to take action, inspire you to do something different, inspire you to purchase something. And so in order to I guess monetize or take advantage of that opportunity, you have to have some kind of call to action. You have to have some kind of end goal because people are more likely to make change when they pay for something rather than just reading something. The greatest stories we all pay for, think about the streaming services like Disney Plus and Netflix and any form of entertainment. The reason why people can get paid so well is because they tell very compelling stories and people are willing to pay for it. So that's something to keep in mind is that even if you're not trying to make a million dollars out of this in any way, it's still very important for you to value what you're doing and value your time and at least try to get people to take action. Okay, so I'm continuing to skim through this and the homepage, which is the blog, looks like there's only about four posts on there and they range anywhere from 2019 to 2020 and hasn't been updated since then. Again, if I'm just looking at this at first glance, I would assume that someone hasn't updated this in years and it's been, it's not even considered an active project anymore and I don't see any call to actions. Even in the first blog entry that says, thanks for joining me, I would have mentioned some call to actions such as, hey, if you want to follow along, be sure to subscribe to the blog or subscribe to my newsletter and I can give you updates whenever a blog entry comes out. Or if you want to listen on the go and listen to these, these stories I get highlighted in the blog, you can subscribe to my podcast. Even if your podcast isn't ready yet, you can say, hey, if you want to dive in deeper with these stories, what I would do is subscribe to my newsletter and you will get notified as soon as the podcast episode is available. So so yeah, if there's any main thing, the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing in this first page at first glance, it's definitely a call to action. It's two main things. It's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. And then it's the call to action. What, do people, what are people gonna do with this information? Why should they care? 